Welcome to Lessons from Sweet Valley, the podcast where we re-examine the Sweet Valley High series one book at a time and determine what lessons, if any, we can learn from them. My name is Kat Thomas, and today we are discussing book nine, Racing Hearts. My guest today is a friend of mine from back in our high school days, and we have wonderfully recently reconnected, Joanna Veth. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It is so nice to have you. Thank you for having me. Uh, how are you doing? How are you spending your quarantine days these days? Um, I was really motivated in the beginning for probably like the first month. Now that we're entering into the second month, uh, I think I've transitioned to more of a hopelessness <laughs> and just waiting for it to be over. <laughs> so uh, I still try to be, you know, somewhat active if I can, but I haven't cleaned my apartment, you know, in over a week now, I think so. I, I've kind of given up on some. <laughs> I don't think you're alone. I don't think you're alone. I'm like, what's the point anymore? No one's going to see I'm just here alone. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> and you are in Chicago. Yeah. Right now. And yes, normally that is where I would be, but I am at right. my, my parents' house in Naperville, which is where we both grew up. Correct. And I guess there's, I should say there's a very specific reason why I ask you to be on this particular episode of the podcast because of the, if you can't tell from the title, Racing Hearts, there's kind of a running background to this book. And you and I met when we were running in high school as part of the cross country and track teams. Yeah. Uh, in Naperville North. Naperville North, which, you know, <laughs> if you're not from Illinois or familiar with the cross country world at all, which not many of you are, right. the Naperville North running program is a fairly intense running program. And, you know, we train all year round and I feel like we, well, we sort of were the start of what has become kind of a dynasty at that school. I think so. I think our coach, um, another shout out then will be to our coach, Stan Iverson. I think he really started that and it seems like they just keep winning. Yeah. I like looked it up. So, cause I think when you were a senior, you guys won the state championship cause we're, you're one year younger than me. And then since then they have won eight times. They've gotten second twice and then third, I think three times. Oh. And they've won the last four state titles. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is really all due to the fact that we had such a, a passionate coach. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to is how, how, how hard they're willing to push you. And then, you know, also how much they're you know, willing to relate to you to get the best out of you. Yeah. So I guess let's just get into it and see what comes up for us as we go back into our uh, high school sports years. Yeah. We'll see. This one was interesting because was this the first book that we've read, or I'm sorry, that you've read so far that focuses on secondary characters as opposed to the twins being the main story? That is literally the first item on my list. It was like, first? Yeah, so that was interesting. I was wondering how they were going to do that. And we do get a Jessica story, which we can also discuss. It it needs discussing, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But let's, just uh, as a recap from the last book, the only thing we learned about Roger really in the last book was that he he loves Lila kind of inexplicably. We don't know really what, what that's based on other than just, you know, high school emotions. And uh, yeah, he's poor and he works as a janitor in Ned Wakefield's office building. And Elizabeth knows this because she saw him there one night. But 
we find some other things out about Roger kind of right off the bat. Uh, he has cheap looking clothes. Yeah, he, he's got like rundown clothes too. Yes. Described as, I think, frayed and whatnot. So it's especially sad because it's not that they're just cheap, but they're not mended properly. <laughs> exactly. He also does a lot of running around the halls of Sweet Valley High. So everyone is aware that he is fast. Yeah. But it kind of comes from this like necessity to get to his job after school. Like he has to speed out of there. Yes. (laughs) But uh, I think when we first meet him, he's running around. But then he also trips and falls. So that makes him seem super clumsy. Yes. A rain in Southern California is like a significant event. So there was puddles in the school and Roger slides on one of them and falls right in front of Lila. And that's just yeah. horrifying. She, she's for him. laughing at him um, because she's a really mean girl. She's not nice. She's no. not. <laughs> Her and Jessica are both mean girls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and she just gets pleasure in kind of egging him on, which is kind of how he ends up running this race. So we can talk about this race that they have. They have a yearly race. It's called the Barton Ames Memorial Mile, which I thought was so exciting because, Joanna, what was your event in track? Oh, well, yeah, no, for a long time it was the mile, but I I think that the best I ever was at the mile was when I was actually a freshman, and then I just plateaued in the mile after that. Well, I mean, I was the same way, actually, with the mile. I was, my, my best time was my freshman year. Yeah, Yeah. all downhill after that. All downhill. (laughs) Once puberty hits, you're in trouble. It's like, (laughs) but yeah, so this is a mile race. And the first part is they have kind of like a qualifying race just with people from Sweet Valley. And then the actual. Also, just boys. That's true. Just boys. That's, uh, you know, I did not even. (laughs) The girls just are kind of relegated to the bleachers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cheer for them. Yeah, so there's a big qualifying race that all the Sweet Valley people have to run in in order to qualify for this bigger race called, for short, it's called the BART, B-A-R-T. And there's a big prize if you win this. Uh, You can get a scholarship to Sweet Valley College. Yes. And it's against five other schools uh sure yes in the area or them them included and then four other schools yeah and it's a big deal because no one from sweet valley high has won since 1956 right which which now when you're reading this book which is like 30 years old (laughs) seems like forever ago but even then i was like okay that's a long time to go but it it makes it seem like a lifetime ago that's 1956 i'm like Kids nowadays would be like, what? There's no frame of reference for that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so this is a big deal at the school. You know, they like, it's a, what's what I'm looking for? It's like, so, honor. Yes, yes. Bragging rights that you have the fastest yes. miler out of the competing high schools. Yeah. So it's the day of this race and Roger is just there to watch. He's not planning on yeah. Just there doing to watch anything. the trial. Yeah. And just, I guess we say Roger has a friend, Olivia, mm-hmm. and she, they're kind of BFFs. And my favorite thing about Olivia is they kept on making a big 
deal about her clothes are so unconventional, but it really just seemed like they were long skirts. And yeah, that was and, kind of the big thing. And I think like a scarf. So I think she Scarves. was more like hippy dippy girl where yes. it really seems like a sweet Valley high world really embodied like the Valley girl that was popularized in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Where it's white, blonde, tan, superficial. That's what's valued shapely legs they're always talking about people's shapely legs yeah the descriptions the body descriptions of the bodies are a little bit strange when you consider the age of these people yeah it's just it's so weird and it's not how i think teenagers would necessarily describe other teenagers bodies either right i don't think that they ever said shapely legs (laughs) a lot of shapely legs there's a lot of shapely legs at the Bart semifinal race, yeah. which, you know, everyone is, everyone is watching. And Lila was just kind of... She heard um, Elizabeth and Olivia talking to Roger, saying that he should run because he's so fast. He runs to school um, every day. They see him running. So he should just go ahead and, uh, and try for the race. And he's unconvinced by his uh, two friends. But then... It's Lila who overhears them talking, and she thinks it would be just so funny to see him run and make a fool of himself. Yeah. He eggs him on, encourages him, and says, oh, I think you should run. Oh, I think you should run for me. I think it would be so great. You know, you're going to blow everyone away. But it's really just so she and her friends can laugh at how poorly she thinks he's going to do. Yeah. Okay, yes. And so he goes out there, and he's wearing street clothes, you know? He's wearing his poor, like, camouflage pants. (laughs) <laughs> army fatigue pants and a red shirt i wrote that down and he's wearing just his normal sneakers so sad <laughs> the day you're that description i'm like how uncomfortable is that to run in it's like you have all these other guys and they're in like their little short shorts and then you have this, this guy yeah. walking on the track and he's yeah. i'm just like oh gosh it reminds me if you've ever seen like someone just you know running who doesn't like on the street who doesn't normally run it and they'll have like on a polo shirt <laughs> And like cargo pants or something, you're like, what are you dressed? <laughs> yeah, not the most breathable materials we're got, we're talking about here. Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. And so yeah, the gun goes off, and Roger does kind of a classic Dan Iverson strategy. <laughs> Joanna's nodding her head because she knows what I'm talking about here, <laughs> which is. You hold back a little bit. You don't go out super fast. You just right. you, you lay back. You lay back, and then at some point, when people start getting tired, you you start you surge ahead. Right, and I think it was, I think it's effective. I mean, you don't want to, especially for a distance, uh, any kind of distance race. You don't go all out at the beginning, or you look yeah. like a fool because you you burn up and you slow down. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's tempting because you're excited and you're like, I'm ready to go. Yeah, it is something. But wouldn't we used to say, like, I mean, like, any idiot can, win, like, win the beginning of the of a race. Mm-hmm. And that you idiot, know? in this case, is Bruce Patman, who yeah. is <laughs> just soars out of there. Right. And he's just he's like... Doing, like, he's doing, like, a 400 and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, his long, elegant stride. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is... And then all of a sudden, Roger comes by in his army fatigues and just yeah. like blows by him. At the very end. At the very end. Lighter, it was like in the last yeah. curve. And the and crowd was. Him, like, yeah, they're cheering, Roger, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another thing Roger does in this race is that he breaks the school record. 
Okay, and talk about how fast this kid who does not train, except for running around the school, ran this mile. Yeah, four minutes, 5.5 seconds, which, okay. So I did did some research. I went into the archives of the California Interscholastic Yes. foundation and because I wanted to know yeah so the the championship times within the 80s kind of went between the 406 to 410 range so it checks out if people are like oh what's a good time here it is you know the best of the best the best of the best and this and is like got no training yes it's like you know when you run the mile in gym class you just show up and you just run a mile like that's what this was yes exactly I was just like Okay. Not you know, it's it. like an insult to our former high school selves who literally like almost killed ourselves to run this. I think it just makes it seem like, yeah, it makes it seem like you don't really have to try to be good at things. You either are or you aren't. But yeah. in real life, you have to try to get yeah. that run. Yes. You can have natural talent, but natural talent is only going to take you so far without the training. So you don't get to that level without. Yeah. And then even Bruce, like he only finish like a few seconds after him right but then the other kid would have had like the second best time in the state right right and and, and he's not a runner either he's a tennis player yeah (laughs) you know get out of here (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that was very upsetting to me i was just like this is you lost me right here you lost me right yeah and another thing that i feel like is a fantasy is that now that Roger did so good in this time, he is like a school celebrity. Right. Like everyone cares about running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I <laughs> so Roger's super celebrity, super school celebrity, but now he has a problem because the race is in a week. The one uh, that he's now qualified for along yes. with Bruce. And I think, Esteban. Esteban. Tony Esteban. <laughs> the three of them have qualified because it's three runners from each of the five schools. And yes. they will compete at the BART in a week. And it'll be followed by a dance. And it's considered one of the social highlights of the year for these yeah. high schools, which I also was like, why? Okay. <laughs> Major social highlight. Major. <laughs> Yeah, so Lila is now kind of into Roger. Oh, yeah. she's She now wants to be his date, I think, for the dance. Yeah. Because she's convinced he's going to uh, uh, win at the bar and all the attention will go to her then at the dance. Because yeah. Of yeah, and so she's, like, trying to get Roger's attention by trying to get him to, like, call her after school and – you know, and then also the coach is trying to get Roger to come to practice after school, but Roger has, he's so busy. Like he goes to work after school right away. He runs out of there and then he has to study after that. So he's like, he can't practice and he can't like really call Lila. And so he's sort of avoiding the both of them. Yeah. And the reason, and the reason why they explain he needs this job so much is that his parents, his dad's an alcoholic and yep. his mom's sick. Yes. So he has to help pay the rent. So he needs this job, not only for himself, but for his family to survive. Yeah, and his boss. On a, on a child. Yeah, and so he, and he's, he doesn't really tell anyone. No one knows about that. Not even his best friend Olivia knows at this point. 
that he's doing that every well, day. He pretends that he is up all night studying because he wants to become a doctor, but he's pretends that it takes him so long to understand things. Yeah. That he's not sleeping because he's studying so late, but really he's studying late because he's working. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going through a lot, Roger. I mean, I feel for him. So much. Yeah. Well, and then also the Bart, Roger's afraid to ask for the time off because he had done that before because he had to take his mom to like an appointment for her heart. And his boss was like, you can't do this again. Or he just gave him a hard time about it. Yeah. He he said that he'd be basically easy to replace. Yeah. So he's kind of dealing with this like information that he can't practice and he can't go to the race. All the while, everyone around him is like, we can't wait to see you run. Lila's like, you're so amazing. And, you know, I really felt this when it talks about um, Roger, like getting that taste of like that admiration and respect that he never had before. He kind of talks about that. Yeah, and, he, he finally felt like a somebody, he said. Yeah, and I think that I remember feeling that way, too, when I was running, you know, because you do get that yeah, sort of... Yeah, I know, I do, too. It's from yeah. a smaller community. It's not the whole school. No. Wait, no. I see it. <clears throat> but it's from a smaller community where it was, the, it was the first time that I... I think this is something we both talked about before. It was the first time that I felt recognized um, for a sport before. Yeah. So, yeah. and then that in turn also, you know, it feels nice, but it also feels like pressure. Yes. Whether it's, yeah, the whole school or just kind of your friends or your parents. And it's like instant recognition of, oh, you did something well. Right. Like, yeah. Yay. So Roger should be feeling great, but he's not feeling great because he's got a lot of, he's got a, he's got a dilemma. And actually I was like, when I was reading this, I truly was like, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, I assumed he was going to get to race in the very end. Well, okay, of course. But if you're Roger and you have decisions, like either you get the money, yeah, like you get the money now and Mm -hmm. like you pay for your rent or you maybe lose that money by losing your job, but maybe you'll gain a scholarship to Sweet Valley College, maybe. He made that clear too that, you know, even if he were to win – that might not be enough to hold over his family, you know, a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, he's not telling any of his friends that he works as a janitor because he's ashamed because he's embarrassed, which I thought was awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he's a hardworking person who has to provide for himself at an age when a lot of people don't have to do that. Or No one in this world is. No, <laughs> no. You know, everyone's getting a car from mommy yeah. and daddy. This kid is like almost from another world. Yeah. He forced into this superficial world. And yet he's feeling ashamed because he has to be an adult and he has to take care of himself and his family. And I thought that's just awful. Uh, yeah. And he has to make a really tough decision about what to do. And I feel like I was annoyed at the coach. You know, he goes in to see the coach and the coach is just like, you got to come. He's like, no excuses. And he kind of just like kicks him out after, you know, it's like, listen to the kid. Like he's trying to tell you something about why he can't go to practice. And the coach is just like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No excuses. I'm like, geez. (laughs) Kid talk. Well, they made, they made it sound too during the story. So important for the coach that this is a race that finally someone from sweet Valley wins again, because it's been so long. And then there started to be a rumor going around that, you know, if someone from sweet Valley didn't win, then maybe the coach would be fired. 
And yeah. then also another rumor started going around that, hey, he's not going to be fired, but the coach is really sick. He, he has cancer <laughs> yeah. and this is going to be his last race. So someone's got to win for a coach. So these just conflicting rumors are going around. So then I didn't know what was going on with the coach at that time. So I started being on his side and feeling bad for him. I'm like, yes, of course, this is important to him. He doesn't want to get fired. Yeah. Cancer. And he wants someone to win finally. <laughs> <laughs> Before he, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was he weird. He wasn't going to get fired and he didn't have cancer. Yeah. He no reason. That was so weird. That was the weirdest <laughs> subplot in the whole, I was like, what is happening with the coach? This is so weird. We're going to throw a party for the coach too. It's like a farewell because of his cancer. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, Roger, my boy, I never had cancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what? I don't know. I was like, I like didn't even put that in my notes because I'm like, that is so not relevant to anything else in this story. I was so baffled by it because I started to get con- concerned for the coach, this character, and then he's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> so <laughs> what eventually happens is Roger does something smart. He asks for help. So he yeah. calls Olivia, who... I guess we haven't mentioned Olivia does have a huge crush on Roger and she's been kind of having to watch Lila kind of throw herself at him. And Lila does a lot of things to try to seduce Roger now. And one of the things is she writes a poem for him. That poem was hilarious. And I mean, yeah, Joanna, do you want to read the poem? I I mean, you should read it. It's page 84. At least I know. I, I the, 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 she she wrote him a poem and she said she submitted it to the paper. <laughs> but Olivia, who's in charge of the arts section, had the had the good sense to refute to deny it. But that wasn't good enough for her. She still had to read it aloud to Roger. Yes. Go for it, Joanna. You're reading the poem. I this is so bad. Okay, this is Lila's poem to Roger. Roger Barrett, a boy so fine. His speedy running is so divine. <laughs> In school, too, he is very smart. He'll walk away with the trophy at the BART. In everything, he operates at the highest stratum. We at Sweet Valley are so proud we have him. (laughs) Easy and embarrassing. And why? And then even Roger's like, that poem was really bad, but he didn't tell her. Yeah. But So he's like, oh, gee, thanks. That's really nice. And she's like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm amazing. I'm like a Robert Frost over here. (laughs) <laughs> and like Lila's so baffled about why none of this is working, you know, why Roger isn't like asking her to the dance or doing any of that. Like all her usual tricks are not working. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Roger does call Olivia for help and he can, he tells her that he's been working, you know, as a janitor. And of course she's in a, she's a good friend. So she's like, that doesn't change anything. She's like, that's she's great. Like admirable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so I agree. Yeah. And so he kind of explains her his two his dilemma and she's like, Well, let me think about it. And then she call Olivia then calls Elizabeth. So then she asks for help. So, you know, it's kind of just people asking each other for help, which is great. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> the chain of help. And then Elizabeth asks her dad for help mm-hmm. because he is a tenant in the yeah he's a tenant in the office building that yes and he's a lawyer yes so ned the lawyer father goes to the employer mr pendergast and (laughs) 
<laughs> tells. And basically he's like, you need to give this kid the day off. You need, he's owed vacation and sick days. Maybe this is a good time to do a quick segue about how Jessica saw Roger as a janitor. And, and her story was so stupid. I just yeah, so basically with Jessica... <laughs> The story with Jessica is that she inexplicably at the beginning of the book is like wants to start thinking about her future. She's very concerned about, uh, yeah, what she's going to do now that I guess she's not going to be a movie star. A movie star. So now she thinks she's going to be a lawyer like her dad. That'll be glamorous too. Yes. She wants to be a lawyer and she talks about, there's a, a character called Joyce Davenport. She's the public defender on Hell Street Blues. And that's Jessica's like lawyer idol. Yeah, I don't know anything about Hill Street Blues. Neither do I. <laughs> but Jessica says, now there's someone Jessica could admire. Glamorous, dedicated to her career, upholding the rights of others, yet still making time for romance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A real uh, classic 80s lady, I guess. Yeah. So, so just- a real working girl, maybe. Exactly. So yeah, Jessica starts at her dad's firm and she thinks she's going to be like standing alongside her dad at the trial in the courtroom, you know, arguing with him. As a 16-year-old. Yeah, as a 16-year-old. Yes, because why not? Yeah. And she's promptly shown to the copy room, (laughs) like, make some copies, lady. (laughs) She's like, what? But then she meets this guy who is the son of another tenant in the building she one has, time. Yeah, she has to go and get, like, supplies. From yes. Supply room, I don't know, that they all share. And, they yeah, they meet doing that. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? Copy's, like, learning to be a secretary, which, you know, also was like, shut up. And she's like, no, I'm going to be a lawyer. And he's like, oh, I like a lady with ambition. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. Yeah. No. So basically, for the rest of the book... She tells her dad that she wants to stay there to do her homework at the office. Yes. And also, you know, she's really pretending she's taken to this job and it's really important to her. Um, but really, she hates it and she only likes the boy there. Yeah. So that's the only reason why she's going to continue with this job uh, until she can bring their romance out of the workplace and into, um, I guess, their daily lives in the weekend. Yeah. So and the just, Bart dance. I think yeah. she wants to go with them to the Bart dance. She yeah. wants to show him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She, oh, first she asks, you know, oh, I don't know you. Do you go to, like, the college? And he's like, oh, no, I don't go to college. I go to a, this other school. And she's like, oh, a rival high school. So yeah, he, he, he apparently looked very mature. And it seems like they just really, they spend nights in that office just making out. Just really. making out. And at one point, he's helping her put on her sweater again. Yeah. And I was a little like, risque. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, she, he never really wants to go anywhere other than the office. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this is not a good sign. <laughs> it's not a good sign. He's hiding you. She's finally, like, fed up with trying to, like, yeah. to seduce him she's and like, asking yeah, him. She's I like, hate working here. I just want to date you in, in real life. And yeah. I want you to take me to the dance. And he's like, well, you know, I lied when I said I have a car. I don't have a car. Yeah. And she's like, oh, very annoyed with this. <laughs> I guess I can give you my car and you can drive us, you know, even though that's not her ideal. And that's when he has to confess that he doesn't have a car because he is only 15 years old. And it was like, no. (laughs) And she's 16 years old and it's just a bridge too far. Way too far. This love story cannot stand. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, she was like horrified. She was so embarrassed. She's like, well, in a couple of months, I'll have my learner's permit. <laughs> and she just like ran out of there. She had some tears in her eyes and she did, you know. Well, because her heart really was broken. Yeah, she, she was going to get over the embarrassment of uh, falling for a younger man. <laughs> So, yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. So, but ultimately, she know now she knows Roger is a janitor, and yeah. so Roger is afraid that she's going to tell Lila. So he feels he needs. She to does want to tell Lila. She wants to. She wants to tell everyone because she's a really nasty person. She wants to blow she, it up. She wants to humiliate. Yeah, it's like gossip. And it's it's just sadistic because it's she she wants to use it to do harm. Now, I yeah. get excited when I get, you know, a good piece of gossip. I do. Like, anybody. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're I'm all... going to use it to ruin somebody's, you know, life. Like, intentionally <laughs> right. ruin someone's life. Right. No, gossip is fun. You know, that's fun. It's like, oh, did you know so-and-so is doing this and that? That's fun. Okay, I can see that. But how she, like, right away turns it into a plan to, like, embarrass her best friend, embarrass Roger, and then hopefully get all eyes on her. Yeah. At that point, I think she was still planning on going to the dance with with Dennis. Dennis. With yeah. Dennis. And yeah. she's like, "Well, you know, I know Roger's probably going to win this race, and Lila's going to be his date, so they're going to be the center of attention. But if I wait for the opportunity to tell everybody that after the race that he's actually working as a cleaner, Roger will be embarrassed. Lila will be embarrassed and disgusted with Roger." they'll no longer be an item and that's the perfect time for her to show off her new boyfriend because now all eyes are going to be on her and her mystery man from the other high school. I mean, yeah. it's just so, it's so bizarre and so, ugh. It is bizarre. Yes. It I is mean, unfortunately yeah. classic Jessica behavior. I, I think it would be more interesting because it's not interesting right now that the one twin is like yeah. so altruistic, altruistic. How, how do I say that? altruistic yes one is like very altruistic i can't say it (laughs) (laughs) once one twin is very good yeah (laughs) and one twin is the evil twin right yeah Yeah. but i think would be more interesting is what if they weren't twins at all they were the same person it was like a jekyll and hyde situation (laughs) (laughs) i i like the idea that even if they don't say it we can just we can like assume it (laughs) We can make that kind of our internal, like, oh, this is my fan fiction. Really about our split brains, <laughs> our like, you know, the split personalities in our yeah. in our minds, you know. Because you wonder how two identical twins could be so different. So I think Roger ultimately is trying to get ahead of all that by telling Lila about. <laughs> well, first he tells her he's not going to run the Bart. He's like, I'm not going to do it, or he was like what would you say if yeah. I didn't do it? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, but you're going to do it. So I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> right. Don't be silly. He's like, I can't do it because I have this job. And she's just like, what? It's like the same reaction when she, Jessica found out Dennis was 15. It's just like, <gasps> look of horror, you know, yeah. terror terrifying and she's like you're a cleaning boy 
Yeah. And then he's like, I prefer janitor. Right. <laughs> but and I was so proud of him for so was I. Up for himself. So was I. I was like, yeah, Roger. You like, yeah, heck yeah, you prefer janitor. Get the heck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> and so he like splits. He, you know, he's like, sayonara. Yeah, I don't have time for you anymore. And then him and Olivia end up kind of getting, they kind of realize they have a connection. Yeah, I don't know where it just, you know, Roger all of a sudden is like, oh, I realize I always liked Olivia and she likes me. He's like, we're both unconventional people. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> unconventional. She wears long skirts. And your long skirts and your army fatigues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they find out that the father went to, that the Wakefield father went to bat for him. And then the boss says, okay, you can have this time off, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so Roger, yes. And to train. And so they find out and Roger's so happy and he's like, oh, this is great news, Olivia. You know, thank you so much for helping me make this happen. And she's like, and then she's like, oh, wait a second. Let's, you know, let's let Bruce think that he's still the fastest runner from our school in the race. And let's, you know, not let Lila know that you're going to run after all. So it's a big surprise to everybody. So that's what they do. They keep it a secret to the day of. Yeah, Roger shows up. It's like a big surprise. It's like, oh, Roger's running. Woo! And Roger has a normal running outfit this time, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's given one. He's like given the, I think, like the red and white yeah. running uniform. Then, yeah, then we got the big race and... Uh, Roger wins. Which, you know, I think we all saw coming here. <laughs> I know. I was holding my breath a little bit. Um, but he, oh, man, he got such a great time. <laughs> he got under four minutes it's his like third time running a mile ever when he won he was so happy he was so happy and joy yeah biggest high of his life i wrote down i want to know this time now <laughs> i gotta know it it was like i feel like it was like the next or no the coach like announces it he like yeah. gathers everyone around he's like everyone gather around I wanted to announce what... Wait, I think I might got it. Did you get it? Oh, yeah, I got it. Okay, Coach Schultz. We have the official time for the race. Roger came in at 3 minutes, 59.8 seconds. A new BART record and a new California school record. He broke the four-minute mile. (laughs) Woo! An untrained high school athlete. What do you like? What do you think Roger's running future looks like? I mean, he can go to he could he could get a scholarship to any college he wanted with that with that time. It's true. If he trained, he could probably he could probably run like a two minute fifty. <laughs> so <what> you think? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Do do we think that he goes on and becomes a runner in college and that's his life? You know. No, I don't think he continues to be a runner because I think he's focused on being a doctor and he's got the girl he wants and he's had a moment in the, in the sunshine. Um, yeah. It was nice for him that one time, but I don't think it means that much to him overall. Yeah, he, he has this thing where he kind of talks about like his realization that like values don't always come with big price tags. And when Lila tries to get back with him, because of course, Lila, after the race is like, 
oh my gosh, Roger, you were so amazing. We're going to have a party in your honor. And he's like, that's when he said the thing about the values don't come with big price tags. And, you know, it does, this doesn't seem like he, he kind of had a taste of that, but is not seduced by that. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I buy that. I buy that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I like Roger. We'll see what he, uh, I liked Roger and Olivia. They were both nice people. Olivia said something at the end that I really, it like popped out to me as like, oh, this is a mantra for today, for the quarantine. Because she was like waiting on the bleachers while Roger was like doing all his crazy thing. And he walks over her to her and was like, why weren't you out there? And she said, crowds bother me. I was content to wait. My patience is unlimited. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a mantra for us all. Yeah. And it was also a call back to her patience waiting on him to That's, notice yep, her. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Good for those kids. Yeah. Oh. I like the backdrop of the race. And it was fun to talk about running with you, you know? It was so fun. Um, when we got to use our insider knowledge to point out that, you know, the expectations from this book are a little unrealistic. Yes, yes. This is kind of a fantasy in that way. We understand the intent. We do. We do. (laughs) We do. So, uh, Joanne. Yes. This is the time where you talk about About what what lessons we have learned from this book. I learned from Roger and Olivia to not be ashamed of yourself. And that real friends and real people who love you, they accept you for who you are and they're not embarrassed by what you do or who you are. And so if anyone is making, you know, what you do or the things that you have, making that some kind of prerequisite for being friends with you, then they are not worth it. Yep. Not worth your time. I think that's true. I think that's a great lesson. Yeah. And I, um, I also learned from Roger and Olivia to ask for help when you feel torn about a decision because Roger saw it as like this way or that way, but other people might have a different way of looking at it. It can open your mind to maybe a compromise in between. And I think it was because he asked Olivia for help was that he kind of opened himself up to that and other people's connections or just, and it helped, it helped him find a middle ground. Yeah, yeah I think you're rewarded for it. I think you're, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think that is a probably a very valuable lesson that I think a lot of people, even as adults, that we know to ask for help, but it's so hard to actually do. Yeah. Oh, that's so hard. You have to practice doing yep. on a regular basis to ask for help when you need it. Mm-hmm. It's necessary, especially in difficult times like this, you know, where we're under quarantine and um, some people really are struggling, it's important to ask for help and to check in on, on loved ones. Yep. And make sure everyone's okay. Um, yeah. So yep. That's kind of relating. Yeah. Times, but yeah, that was a really good lesson. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Joanna, this was so nice. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast and I will keep listening to the podcast. <laughs> very fun. Thank you. You're very sweet. Uh, Please subscribe to the Lessons from Sweet Valley podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. You can also visit our Facebook page to get updates and more information about episodes when they are released. And if you enjoy the show, consider sharing it with another SVH fan out there. Thanks again and see you for book 10, Wrong Kind of Girl. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.